0: So, um, first of all, as we all catch our breath and try to get some wind on our face, I wanted to let you guys know that um, I love doing what I'm about to do. This is uh, probably um, an opportunity that I get um, when Chris asked me, you know, about two or three weeks ago if I can preach about fear to trust, um, I immediately say yes, I don't think I'm ever going to. I don't even know why he asked me. I don't think I'm ever going to say no. Uh, The opportunity to talk God's word to you is uh, my ultimate high of my life, of my week, of my month. Um, I'm always jealous of Jonathan and Chris because they get to do it every week. Um, But I really appreciate it, Chris. I love you, man. And I really, really appreciate the things that uh, you guys uh, do for, for me as youth. And I really appreciate all the love that the leaders pour into you on a weekend like this, um, where you're tired, you're sleepy. I know when you're going to hear my voice, it's starting to sound like in about 10 minutes that it's just the same thing going over and over and over in your head. But uh, if you get tired, man, just focus on Jesus. That's what I tell people. If you have that tendency to look on your phone, because I know I told my small group, a part of Immerse is immersing yourself inside Jesus Christ. And if you find that you have that tendency to look on your phone, then that's what your treasure is, not Jesus. I know that some of you guys have a Bible app, and that's awesome. I use my Bible app. Um, that's where we read the Bible out of. But there's, there's moments in your life where you're going to realize that, man, an opportunity to love him and to honor him in a way of worship and in a way of uh, listening to God's word. There's a message in what's going to be said today for you. It's not a mistake that you're here today. It's not a mistake that I have an opportunity to speak to you God's word. There's a reason why you're here. And I want you to find that reason today in my sermon. All right. There's it's not just a coincidence that you're sitting here today. Listening and here this weekend. And it's not just my words right now this minute. But it's also the words that your leaders are going to do later on in small group tonight and tomorrow morning. So take the opportunity to really immerse yourself in God's love. And what he has to offer for you. So when Chris asked me if I wanted to preach about from fear to trust to faith, um, it's, I was honored. But right away, um, I wanted to see what does the world fear the most. And obviously, I go to Google and I look on the internet. And I'm like, man, give me, give me the top 10 things that people fear the most. So I, I gave some, a list to Daniel earlier. And I'm going to go from, I, I, in fact, I told you not to use your phone. I'm going to have to use my phone. Um, the, the 10 list uh, that I have on my phone here. We're going to start from 10, Daniel. And uh, number 10, Daniel is what? Thunder. thunder. Well, <laughs> not the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> Unless you fear Durant, if you guys know. who. Whoa, oh, he's not there. I'm sorry, Daniel. That's a shot at Daniel, so I'm sorry. Anyways. So lightning and thunder is what this poll said was number ten on the list. And as we go through this list, I want you guys to kind of wonder about yours also. What is the thing that you fear the most? Uh, number nine? Dogs. Aww. now I, I don't I don't think a cute little puppy like this, but I, I could I could speak not from experience from witnessing but Dogs a little bit bigger than this have a a heck of a bite, don't they, Kelly? Yeah, they pinch pretty good, right? So, yeah, number nine is dogs. Uh, Some people really fear them. Number eight? Oh, mice, rats. Yeah, it's pretty. Recently, Noah found a dead one in our garage. We don't have a dirty garage, but it's just a rat in our garage, right, Noah? Nice. Number seven. What do you think that is? Yeah. You know, enclosed spaces, right? Some people would say being in a big crowd like in the middle right here when you're moshing and you're in the pit. Some people just don't like that feeling. I I saw someone with the green bandana right in the middle and they were small. I don't know who that was. Yeah? Dalton? Yeah? Ethan? Number six. Yeah. Spiders. I think someone in our small group, Daniel, was scared of spiders. It's a big fear, right? Number five, the fear of flying. Crazy, huh? You you can't really uh, go across the United States if if, if you drive. That's great. It's more beautiful that way, I think. Flying is pretty fearful, especially when you have to sit in there for 10 hours. That's... That's a long, I think Chris and Tara just experienced a 12-hour flight. That's a long time. Number four, I think everybody's going to relate to this one. Oh, snakes, yes. I don't even know what kind of snake is that. Wow. Tell you what, snakes are uh, very, very scary. Number three, this is me. This This is one of my fears. The dentist, not doctor, the dentist. I do not like going to the dentist. In fact, the only time that I go to the dentist is when my tooth hurts so bad that they got to pull it out. That's how I go to the dentist. Doesn't happen often. No, I still have all my teeth. <laughs> Number two. Heights. Yeah. Fear heights. I love heights. I I love the bungee jump. In fact, one of my... uh, I have this... uh, I have this... I don't have a fear of heights. I have this want and desire to jump out of an airplane. That's one thing I want to do here very soon in my life. Um, Number one. Yes, good job. Whoever said that. Public speaking. That is a... uh, Oh, wait. Now, we all know whose fear that is, right? You read it this morning? The whole booth is scared of clowns? Uh, we're going gonna... I think, to... I think we should take you to a carnival. No? <laughs> awesome. So, the public speaking was number one. Yes. Not many people, clowns did not make the list. Not many people are scared of clowns. So public speaking isn't one of my fears, obviously. I I love speaking in public. I love to talk. I love to yap. So let me get to yap about something that I really love to talk about, and that's Jesus Christ. I want to read Psalms 56 to you. This is David. Um, This is a psalms where um, it's going to relate to uh, 1 Samuel here in a minute. Um, I love how Chris, in the book this morning that you read, had First Samuel. Chris asked me about two or three weeks ago if I could preach about fear to trust. And there's, I told Daniel earlier, there's like maybe 15 stories in the Bible, if not more, that talk about fear. And, and I end up choosing First Samuel, and, and Chris chose the same one. So I, I love how the Holy Spirit works, and to get a message across that needs to be preached. Um, so Psalms 56, let me read it to you quickly. Be gracious to me, O God. For man tramples on me. All day long, an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample me on me all day long for my attack, me, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long, they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps, and they have waited for my life. For their crime will will they escape. In wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thanks, thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may talk before God in the light of life. So this Psalms relates to if 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 you have your Bible, if you want to open with me, I'm gonna give you a little background. What I'm gonna to go to is First Samuel 21. If you have your Bible, if you want to open up to that part. That's where I'm gonna go. But before I go to First Samuel 21, I wanted to give you a quick story about 1 Samuel 20 so we could set the setting. I mean, we don't you don't have to happen to first twenty. I'm just gonna tell you a real quick thing. So it, In chapter 20, which is right after the couple chapters after we read about uh, this morning about David and Goliath. um, Saul is basically um, looking for David. And Saul is the king of Israel and he wanted to kill David. And in David hearing the news that Saul was ready to kill him, he uh, started to run just like any of us would do. And as David was running... You know, um, in verse 1, sorry, I'm going to go to Saul. In chapter 20, in chapter 21, I'm sorry. It says, then David came to Nob, to Amalek the priest, and the Amalek came to meet David trembling and said to him, why are you alone and no one is with you? This is an important part to set up what I'm going to read in 21. David was alone. David was running. And he found this priest, right? This priest ended up giving him a sword, happened to be Goliath's sword, because David didn't go with him with any weapons on him. So he gave him that sword and David fled from Nob to, and I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing this right, but I'm gonna try my best, Amalek, All right? Sounds good to me. Um, so now I'll go to 21, verses 10 through 15. And this is what it says. This is where David flees to Gath. And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David in his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Akish said to his servants, behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So here's an interesting fact that I found out as I was doing this study. Gath was Goliath's hometown. Remember, chapter 17, which you read this morning, is where David just killed Goliath. And so in David, David's running from Saul, he's so scared that he goes to the place that Saul would probably at least expect him to be. And that's in Goliath's hometown. In his moments of being despaired and being scared and, and being alone, he had to react in a scared way and go hide. And not such a smart place, to be honest. You got to be kind of brave, first of all, to go to the hometown of the giant that you just killed. That whole town's probably mad at you. He's probably going to think that he was going to get murdered or get killed. And And this is what's so i uh, so cool about this story. David shows you something that we do sometimes in our fear. He acts like he's crazy. Right? Think about it. Sometimes when you're scared, we, we, we had this anxiety. I've had it. I've witnessed it. Sometimes when you're scared of something going on in your life, this anxiety that has and it builds up, you start acting crazy. If you let the thoughts of what people are saying, if you let the slander, if you let all these words that may be coming your way or whatever you're scared of, it absorb your mind and your heart, it makes you go a little crazy. Now, David, you know, it says that he was spitting out of the mouth and he was running around. It, he was fearing his life, first of all. He was scared. And he wasn't just... Think about it. He wasn't scared... Of what town he went to. He was more scared of Saul. And that's who he has been running from. So now, I want to go back to Psalms 56 and think about the story that I just explained to you. And I want you to think about this question Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life? Have you ever been to the point where you're lost? You're distressed. You don't know which way to go. But to run, this word came to my mind. Louis, I'm sorry. You you run to a safe place. right? It's it's where you run to where you can think that you're safe, but you're still overwhelmed with what the attacks or the fear that you have is, is getting on you. So let me read back to Psalms 56 again. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples me. Remember the story I just told you. All day long an attacker oppresses me. He's talking about Saul. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. All right, let me read 5 and 6. All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they waited for me. I'm sorry. As they waited, I lost my spot for my life. Sorry. See, David was under pressure when he was running. He felt that the world was all against him. He uses the phrase three times in this Psalms all day long. Three times. Have you ever been sitting and scared or tired or frustrated with whatever's bothering you that day? And it feels like it's all day. That's all you had in your mind is that thought. And it keeps on lurking and leaks on coming and coming and coming. And there's no way to escape it. Have you ever been there? It, it seems like sometimes it's one thing after another thing after another thing is what David's telling you, that he goes to one town. I remember he just didn't escape to go straight to this town. He went to different towns, and in different towns, David's hearing rumors. People come up to him, and hey, you know Saul's looking for you. And he, he, he wants to kill you. Not only does he want to kill you, he wants to chop your head off. He says that you probably slept with this person and that you killed these 15 guys, right? And then he goes to another town, and that town's telling him the same thing. And at the same time, people are fe- feeding rumors and gossip to Saul about David, right? And, and this is going on and on and on, and, and it's starting to get a little bit overwhelming on him. Let me ask you. Think about it right now as you sit here and listen have you ever felt that way? What drives you to despair? What drives you to say this phrase? I just want something good to happen today. And, and I understand that. And in, in when I was when I was studying this, when I was reading it. That when I say that, that there is going to be some people right now sitting right next to you, and maybe you yourself, that feel those feelings right now, this minute. That you don't know where to go. You don't know where to hide. There are, now, now and, I, and what I just read to you in here, I want you to understand None of what I just read are physical battles. And what I mean by that, nobody has yet beat up David at this point. And he describes it as physical battles, but no one has come up to him and done any harm to his body. All these physical battles that aren't happening are all emotions, are all feelings. Right? Right? And and basically, what is attacking David right now is just verbal slander, which, in other words, is what? Gossip. It's fear of a man in the world, and he's heard rumors that Saul wants to kill him, although it may be true. I know some of you in this very room right now probably have never felt someone wanted to kill you, I hope. No one's ever felt that. You've never heard a rumor of someone wanting to kill you. You've never heard a rumor of somebody probably saying that they're going to kill you. But I guarantee you that some of you in this room have felt some type of slander in your life before. And I bet some people in this room that have felt that, that have heard gossip about you or heard people talking about you, that you hadn't done nothing wrong and you felt like you didn't deserve people talking about you. This is exactly, at this point, guys, understand, David hadn't done anything wrong in this point to Saul. Saul was just out to get him. He was jealous. But David hadn't physically done anything to Saul yet. Have you ever been opposed to, and what I mean by that? Have you ever been? Have you ever been told that you did something wrong when you did nothing wrong? You ever heard rumors about people saying, "Well, I can't believe Rudy did that. I can't believe he went over there and he grabbed some, uh, he grabbed Karis by the neck and threw her down on the ground, and then Chris comes around the corner and tells me that I did that. Wait, I, I didn't do that." But then all of a sudden, the rumors spread all throughout the church. And everybody thinks that I grabbed Karis by the neck and threw her down. And that rumor turns into truth because that's what people believe. This is what David is feeling. Have you ever been attacked by words for no cause? Anybody ever attacked you for no cause? And here's something that's really cool in this story that we can all relate to. I know we can. Have you ever felt alone? Remember, in the first verse, it says, that's why I wanted to read you chapter 20. It said David went alone. David was lonely. He didn't have anyone with him. Now, two chapters later you're going to read where uh, David is with uh, 200 people came with him. But at this point, he's alone. Have you ever felt alone? And, And what's crazy is that I know some of you right now in this room, and maybe on Wednesday nights when you come to our refuge, you feel alone. And yet you're surrounded by hundreds of people, but you still feel alone you feel like the fear you have no one else understands finally plain and simple have you ever been afraid period just like david one of the things when i was preparing myself to give this sermon is chris has always taught me and i great that he's a great teacher And he's always warned me, be careful in the things that you preach about because it will expose things in your own life. And in the beginning when Chris sent me this text saying, do you want to preach about fear to trust? I, I think it probably took me 10 seconds to respond to him. But what I didn't realize is that I've experienced firsthand the things that I was just talking about, not to me personally, but in my own family. And it was hard to control my emotions as I prepared for this sermon. Because when someone you love is attacked, is slandered, is lied about, and you see him in these moments that David's in, it's hard. I don't know if any of you have ever witnessed it or ever been in it, but it's almost like you're in the same situation that they're in because you love them that much. And your heart hurts for them. And your soul wants them to feel the healing that you know that only Jesus Christ can give them. You know, some really bad things were said about someone I love so close to me, and they were lies. But She had to live with these things for a year and years and still lives with them. And it's so hard to try to express in words the fear I saw. And what arose from that, it created a fear within myself. When I saw Kelly going through that, my number one fear now is what is the devil going to bring next in a lie upon my family? Because lies hurt. And what's so Scary is that in all these years and all these months, I've given devil the power that he doesn't deserve. Do you understand what I mean by that? The devil doesn't have that power over us. We give him so much more credit than what he deserves. The only one that should have that type of power is God himself. And until we allow him to take that power over are we always going to be stuck believing that the devil has this power when he doesn't? My my family, having to walk through that um, was hard, and it, and it wasn't just me. And I'll be the first to tell you guys, and I'm being honest when I say this, but I say this with love for the Lord. My first 20, sorry, my first 30 years of my life were hard. But when I started walking with Jesus Christ, it got even harder. But I thank God for that because I have a relationship with him that no one can take away anymore. I have a relationship with someone who i know loves me and my wife and my children more than what i love them and that's the feeling i have to hold that's the feeling you have to hold in your fears whatever it is you're feeling you have to take let him take control over it so how do you deal with the fear how do i deal with this fear Let me read verses 3 and 4 to you again. And maybe they'll speak, if I don't have my Bible upside down, maybe they'll speak differently to you now that I've said this. Verse 3, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Number 4, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me. First, you have to put your trust in Him. Second, this is what I tell my small group, and it's what I'm going to preach to you right now for the next 10 seconds. If you're not in this word, if you don't believe this truth, Truth isn't what's going to be walking out when you leave this building and when you leave this weekend. When you immerse yourself in this word, when God takes control of your heart, and this is what you want in your life, that's what's going to be expressed outwardly to others. That's when you get the control and you get to feel the love that God has to offer you. But until you do that, until you stop putting this under your bed or in the counter and say, I'll get to it tomorrow, I'll get to it next week, you're going to live in this fear that I don't want you to live in. That he doesn't want you to live in. The truth is here and the truth will set you free from that fear. You don't have to hold on to it anymore. I don't have to hold on to that fear that I have in my heart about my family. Because I have him. The same him that I have is the same him you have. You have the opportunity to take all the fear that you've ever had in your life and give it all to him. And here's something I want else I want to teach you and tell you. Guys, prayer can't be your second choice in taking care of your fear situations. Prayer has to be your first choice. Right? Some people don't understand what prayer looks like. Some people don't even understand what a relationship in communicating with God looks like. I'll tell you, last year in summer life, I taught a family class, and I called God dude. Because that's how I talk to him sometimes. I have a regular conversation with my God. And he's my dude. And you know what's cool about my dude? He takes care of me. And I know he takes care of my family. Right? And, And when I talk to him, I just say, God, please. And I I just want you to take care of us. I want you to take care of these words that are spoken that aren't true. Just take care of us, dude. That's all I want. Guys, the way you talk to your friends, right? whoever that person is that you trust the most and that you talk to the most, that you tell all your feelings to, that's how you talk to God. And let me tell you, if you don't have that, That's why you have pastors. That's why you have leaders. If some of you are sitting here right now, tonight, today, and you've never had that conversation or you don't know how to have that conversation, that's why God has put us in your life. That's why they're here today. That's why they're here celebrating the Lord with you all weekend. To immerse yourself in his love. Believe me, we're not here getting cramps on toes during worship just to have cramps on toes during worship. (laughs) I'm here because I love you. I'm here so we can help you along with Jesus Christ be that source to release any fear that you have right now today in this moment. See, David is saying that something Paul says in Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8 says that. And basically what that means, guys, if you have God, nobody in this world can cast judgment on you. Nobody in this world can have an opinion on you that matters compared to God's opinion on you. It matters zilch. It's, it's dumb, basically. I'll be honest. It's just, I'll keep it real with you. It's dumb. Stop listening to the gossip and the rumors. Stop living in a life of fear. God's got your back. He's not going to want to let it go. He's never going to let you go. Also in Matthew 10, um, he says in uh, Matthew 10, three times in one paragraph, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, in, in the very beginning of this psalm, be gracious to me, O God. Be gracious to me, O God. Our God loves to give you grace. It brings him joy to give you grace. That's that's such the opposite of what you think. So right now what I want you to do is stop getting the mind thought of what your parents do to show you grace. Because that's what we do sometimes. We think about, oh, God's going to take, God, God forgives me the way my parents forgive me. No, He doesn't. Not even close. Sometimes when I'm mad at Noah, right, and I get angry with him and I come and tell him, man, I'm sorry, dude, right? I'm showing you grace. Sometimes I harvest on that anger and it just doesn't go away fast. Guess what? God doesn't count hashtags on how many times He's gotten angry at you. It's an overwhelming power of love that He has for you, that grace just overwhelms you like if you're sitting underneath a waterfall and water's just pouring over and over and over and over your head. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. So I'm going to close, and I'm going to have a response song. The band's going to come back up here in a minute. And what I want you to do during this song, what I want you to find in your heart is, yes, I want you for one last time, one last time, whatever fear it is that you have inside of you, I want you to use Psalms 56. I want you to use this song that's going to be sung, Scandal of Grace. And I want you to look at the lyrics. One of my favorite lyrics in this song is... Oh, to be like you. And I want you to grab that guys. Look, there's nothing more. Like, like I want to wake up and give God a high five sometimes when I was on my knees. And if I'm praying and I'm just exhausted from whatever the day had given me and whatever fear or whatever thing that's been bothering me, there's nothing no better than when I actually do give it to God. And that's, that's something else that maybe some of you have never done. And maybe you don't understand it and you've heard it your whole life, your whole Christian life, or since you've been coming to refuge. Right now, this moment is what it's like. You have an opportunity to respond to what you heard today in God's word. Maybe something I said, maybe something you saw, maybe something you hear in this song affects you in a way that's an uncontrollable love and warm comfort feeling that you have when Jesus wraps his arms around you right now. And he holds you. And he tells you, my son, my daughter, I love you. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you any more than what I do this moment. Everything that I have is yours. And I even have eternity for you. The love you have right now in this world is nothing close to what I have to offer you forever. Guys, if, you're, if you need to talk to someone, that's why your leaders are here. Go seek them out if you need to talk. You don't have to stand during the song. You don't have to uh, kneel down. You don't have to jump up. You can sit while you're at, but if you feel the need to stand up, you feel the need to follow your knees to the Lord, then do so. But this is your opportunity to respond.